Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Right now, joining us, one of our favorites on the SDCCU Fan Hotline, good friend A.J. Cassavell from MLB.com on 97.3 The Fan. A.J., how you doing today, my friend? Not bad. Uh, it's, uh, I guess it's officially the offseason now, so we can start looking ahead to 2021. Yes, yes. Uh, before we get to 2021, just kind of want to get your <laughs> thoughts as an, as an expert in the field of baseball and uh, Kevin Cash's move and the Dodgers winning and – and kind of the crazy way this thing all finished out with Justin Turner on the field celebrating with the trophy. Yeah, so I guess uh, two two pretty extremely different storylines from last night. But I'll start with the cash one. The the first thing I would say is is I don't I I probably don't think it was the right decision. But the Rays are going to put their manager in a bind no matter what if they're only scoring one run. And and I could have just as easily you keep Blake Snell in the game for a third time through the order. I think we can all envision Mookie Betts hitting a double and then a couple other things happening, including a, a weird wild pitch and, a, and an infield ground ball, and it going the same direction with Blake Snell in the game. It's not like, I mean, it's not like the Rays' bullpen imploded. They gave up a, a double and a home run to Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is really, really good. The Rays have gotten <laughs> to where they are this season with this formula, and it's worked for them when they've scored runs and they didn't score runs last night. The difference I would say and the reason I, I think I, I would have stuck with Snell and, and why I think Cash probably made the wrong decision is that it's not the same Nick Anderson. If the Rays had their stable of relievers pitching the way they were pitching in the Yankees series or during the regular season, then it's probably the right move to go to your elite relievers. But Nick Anderson hasn't been pitching that way. And so um, I would have rode with, with Blake Snell mostly as a result of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think there are... A lot of people who look at it the same way. I, I personally thought uh, Blake Snell should have stayed in the game longer. Although you're right, AJ, he very well could have ended in the same exact fashion uh, with that Dodger line. I'm gonna ask you this because Manny Margot played a, a pretty big role on that Rays team, and obviously the Padres moved him uh, in the move uh, to Ta- to Tampa last year. Do do you think that was the Manny that? Uh, the Padres saw in his rookie season and and envisioned him being the seasons after? Yeah, and he's been a really useful player, I think, in that 2017 season and then all season for Tampa Bay. That's not to say he's a regular, everyday, elite kind of outfielder. I mean, he's he's a useful guy who can be a useful piece on a really good team, which he showed this season. That being said, I mean, the Padres got Emilio Pagan in return, and – uh, I mean, he's a he's a valuable weapon in the bullpen. And considering what you gave up, 
Manuel Margot probably brought a little more value to the Rays than Pagan brought to the Padres this season. So you can say, you can make the argument that the Rays won that trade so far. But Pagan has an extra year of control down the line. You're going to get an extra year of him, on, I believe, 2022. Um, and then there's the other thing that's just the Padres outfield was, was pretty good. And so if Manuel Margot's in San Diego this season, I don't know whether he's starting over Trent Grisham or Will Myers or Tommy Pham or Jurickson Profar. And so it's, I, I think both of those trades actually – you could look at them and, and say they helped the team. They helped both teams. The other one was probably a little more one-sided in the Padres' favor, uh, the Hunter Renfro deal. But, I mean, Manny Margot was, a, was everything the Padres thought he would be for the Rays this season, which was a very, very, very good defender, a good hitter against left-handed pitching, a useful guy even against right-handed pitching, and he served his purpose. AJ Casabell is with us from uh, MLB.com on the uh, SDCCU fan hotline. I, but excuse my voice, AJ. I'm a longtime Dodger fan, and I've been screaming at the top of my lungs here for the last week. I'm joking to anybody listening who writes on Twitter because we know that I'm not a Dodger fan, although I've been blamed for being one. Uh, real quick, before we get back to the Padres, where do the Dodgers go from here in terms of 2021? Uh, cons- assuming that the season you know, goes along as we all hope and pray that it will, uh, are, are the Dodgers right back there as the team to beat? Is there any reason to suggest – you know, as a Padre fan, as you look up north at the Dodgers and say maybe there'll be a little weakness somewhere next year? I, I think they're the team to beat, but they've been the team to beat for the last four or five seasons, and this is only the first time they've won it. And so uh, I, I think it's – I mean, it's interesting you say that, like, we'll get to the Padres, but this is kind of the philosophical existential Padres question is how do you get past the Dodgers and yeah. ultimately get to where you want to go? The Padres aren't going to get there unless they unless they can somehow get past the Dodgers. And so – I think they're still the team to beat, but we've seen in past seasons that there, I mean, that there are ways to beat them, and there are. It, it is a baseball postseason where uh, random probability and, and certain matchups and situations can get you. Can only, I mean, your top level talent can only get you so far. You kind of got to make the plays in October to win. The Dodgers made the plays in October to win this year. The Padres, when they played them, didn't have their full contingent of arms. I'm not sure if that series would have gone differently, but I think it certainly would have been a lot more competitive. And so uh, I think the Dodgers are still the team to beat, but everything we saw from the Padres this season would lead me to believe that the Padres will go into the offseason thinking that they can do that. Yeah. Let me ask you this, AJ. AJ Casavell here with us, MLB.com, uh, on the SDCCU fan hotline. AJ, on what's today? Today's the 28th of uh, October. On October 28, 2020, what are the realistic expectations for the 2021 Padres as of right now? I think probably the most realistic expectation is to challenge the Dodgers, to make the Dodgers sweat. And this is all assuming a, a normal baseball season in 2021, which we know, I mean, who, who knows what the next five or six months have to offer. But right. I think in, in a normal baseball season, it's to challenge the Dodgers to make the Dodgers sweat in the National League West, it's hard to envision the Padres supplanting the Dodgers, barring something significant happening as National League West champions. But I think you have to at least expect a wild card spot. You have to go into the season considering yourself a playoff team and how you, how you fill out the fringes of your roster to make sure that's still the case in 2021. And then once you get to the postseason, you build a roster that's capable of maybe doing what the Nationals did last season with, with some high-caliber arms and some really good back-end bullpen pieces. And, I mean, there's ways to beat 
there's ways to win in October that aren't what the Dodgers did this season, which is kind of run away with everything and, and, and be the number one team throughout the year and, and just win it. I mean, we saw with 2019 with the Nationals did, I think the Padres could replicate that as a wild card team. Uh, and, and so I, 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 Padre fans would obviously love to see a division championship. The realistic expectations, I think, are a playoff team that would enter the postseason next season with the pieces in place to make a, to make a run. AJ, where do you think the Padres need to make a move if they do need to make a move? And and I say if they do need to make a move. I, I think people always kind of feel like the grass is greener and feel like there's better things out there. I really like this Padre roster as it's constructed right now, and I really wouldn't mind taking my chances with everybody I have in this uh, ball club at the moment. Um, so if you're A.J. Preller, I mean, how do you tinker without without messing up what you already have? Yeah, they, they already have a good thing, and so why mess with a good thing? I think there are ways to tinker without messing with that good thing, and I, I, I like the offense they have in place. I'm sure they'll look at other pieces. Knowing A.J. Preller, he's I mean, he's definitely one for wheeling and dealing, so he might look to update, upgrade the offense. But the offense as it stands is pretty good. Um, where I would see the Padres most likely to add is in the bullpen. I mean, they're, they're losing a couple guys there in Rosenthal and Yates. And then in the, in the starting rotation, you can kind of look at it and say, well, they've got a deep group of starting pitchers. But this is not going to be a 60-game season next season, presumably. Right. It's going to be a longer right. season. You're going to have more attrition. And so the deeper your group of starting pitchers, the better. And so I don't think it would be a bad thing for the Padres to go out and sign maybe one or two guys or trade for one or two guys for the back end of their rotation. So if there is an injury or if some of these young guys don't perform up to the standard the Padres hope they can, then you have some insurance. And so if you enter spring training next season telling guys like Luis Patino and Mackenzie Gore, go out there and earn a spot, but you've really got to earn it. You've really got to work your way past these, these guys. Maybe you add another guy like Zach Davies for the back end of that rotation – well, if they earn it, then that's a good thing. And if they don't earn it, you're still in pretty good shape too. And so that's what I think. Uh, I think pitching is probably where the Padres will focus their efforts this winter. So, such a good point, AJ, because time in, year in and year out, guy team thinks they have enough starting pitching and you never have enough, not necessarily yep. through the playoffs, but to get through the, the course of a 162-game season, especially when you already have guys, two guys in particular with red flags in terms of can you get them through an entire season? I think that's a great observation. Let me ask you this because uh, the, the the Padres uh, moved, moved Munoz last year in that trade uh, at the deadline. Is there a guy in the organization that could fill that closer role that obviously is, is you've got a good chance of possibly losing both of the guys you had in that role this year? Yeah, and so Drew Pomerantz I think is probably like the, the, the first option, but he's – I mean – they would probably prefer that he's not the guy. One guy who I think is interesting is Jose Castillo. If he ever gets healthy again, he had closer stuff, I think. Yeah. When we yeah. saw him in, shoot, I don't know what year it was. I think it was 2018. I think, it was I think the last 18, two seasons yeah. he's been, yeah, the last two seasons he's maybe pitched an inning, I think. He had that kind of stuff. And so if you, if, if, if he's healthy, all of a sudden you have a, even if he's not a closer caliber arm, he's that back end kind of, Stuff. reliable setup arm that all of a sudden now you add maybe one guy to the mix to one other guy to the mix, which I would assume they will do this, this off season, whether it's Yates or Rosenthal or, or someone else. Uh, then, and then I think you feel pretty good about it, but I also don't, I just don't think you can go into the, 
offseason, assuming Jose Castillo is going to be healthy because right. it's it, it hasn't been one recurring thing. It's been multiple things. And so you, I think you kind of need to uh, – I mean, you, it's strength in numbers in the bullpen. Bullpens we know are as volatile as they come, and the Padres seem prepared to address that. AJ Casavell, MLB.com on the SDCCU fan hotline. Last thing for me, AJ, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. and his contract uh, situation or contract uh, extension or contract uh, whatever it might be, uh, how do you think this is going to play out over the next year or two? Uh, do you think that there's any chance that, uh, you know, the Potters will be able to come to some sort of agreement and get him, uh, get him locked up long term, or is this going to play all, all the way out? Man, that's the uh, however many million dollar question. Uh, I, I think he's uh, – it, it, it could happen. It could happen. I, I also – I would just caution that, that with the number of years remaining before he becomes a free agent and with him in the position that he's in, standing to make as much money as he does, uh, if the, it, it might play out slower than some fans hope, but that's just, that's just a little bit of speculation. Uh, when A.J. Preller says there's interest from both sides, he's not lying. Fernando Tatis Jr. has said that on the record, how much he loves playing in San Diego. The Padres have obviously said how much they love having him here. I don't know if this would be a kind of if, – if, if some sort of extension were to get done, I, I think it's probably less likely that it's one of those Padres for life extensions and maybe more likely to be like what the Braves did with Ronald Acuna where they, they, they signed him for a few extra years past when he would hit free agency. So you give – you give the player uh, life-changing money and you give the team a few more years of control. And then Fernando Tatis Jr. maybe a few years after when he's 26 would, would potentially hit free agency still in his prime. And so I think Padre fans would be very happy with that if you're getting maybe seven or eight more seasons of him as opposed to four. But I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I think it's, uh, it's, it's probably one of the more interesting uh, negotiations and one of the more interesting subplots of an offseason in recent memory for the Padres. Um, but like A.J. Preller said and like Fernando Tatis has said, uh, they're, they're both very happy him being here and the Padres having him. Well, let's hope it turns out the way that the Padres – I mean, the way everybody wants it to, obviously, is that Fernando's going to stay here and they get something done. Uh, A.J., always great having you on the program. As uh, usual, a pleasure. Thanks for all of your great insight during the season and uh we look forward to catching up with you during the off season and uh hopefully we'll all get to reconvene again in peoria come february but that's uh that's a big fingers crossed on that one yeah we're not gonna let you get too much of a vacation you, you we'll be having you on quite often so don't i already took my vacation i took my vacation over the weekend i went i went <laughs> camping good. and logged out of boy it was, it was good glorious. for you good for you we're good so you can come on any other time it's great perfect all right that's we'll right. talk to you tomorrow thanks AJ. guys thanks Thanks, AJ. I'm <laughs> just kidding. AJ Katzavell from MLB.com right there on the SDCCU fan hotline. SDCCU online and mobile banking lets you do your banking from your smartphone. Message and data rates may apply. For details, visit SDCCU.com. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.